Hi, friends. Thank you for joining us for episode two of Hello APGD, a neighborhood podcast about the Audubon Park Garden District in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Michael Lothrop, and today we'll be speaking with Sandy Bittman, the owner of Park Ave CDs located at 2916 Corinne Drive. If you can't make it into the store, you can visit them online at parkavcds.com. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, or if you'd like to be a sponsor, please feel free to message me on Instagram at helloapgdpod. Thank you for listening. Here today with Sandy Bittman of Park Ave CDs. Sandy, how are you? Good, Mike. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for being here. Of course. So tell me about your history with Park Ave CDs and where you started and where you are now and how you got there. Sure, sure, sure thing. Okay. So uh, I own Park Ave CDs, or rather it probably owns me at this point. So uh, <laughs> I've started working at Park Ave, I believe, in around 1991. I was going to Rollins College and uh, a friend of mine worked there and he, uh, they needed somebody to cover some hours because it was a family-owned business and somebody was getting married. And so uh, that person would be Brett Bennett, who's the current proprietor of Stardust. Where we are right now. Where we are right now. And uh, so I was asked to cover some hours uh, to work for some CDs for credit. And that slowly just uh, transformed into more hours and more hours and more hours until finally I was offered the chance to buy the establishment from uh, Stephen Denise Allen back in 1997. And it became mine in 1998. And uh, since then, we were on Park Avenue until 2005. We moved over to uh, Audubon Park and have been here ever since. And now I believe we are going to be 38 years being around wow. as a record shop as of this uh, October, I believe. Yeah. That's incredible. That's so amazing. And still going strong. Still going strong. Yep, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Evolving definitely. with the times. Um, tell me about how the business has changed, you know, obviously with streaming platforms, the, you know, the, the way that you do business, how has that changed over the years? Yeah, sure. So I'll start most recently. So COVID happened, obviously, and we have survived COVID and got through COVID. And I have a theory as to why like a ton of record shops have survived COVID and got through it because we're not, uh, uh, we're not immune to, uh, or we are immune to the obstacles that have happened to us in the last 20 or 30 years. I think that as a small independent retailer in a record business, we had to deal with big boxes such as Best Buy and Circuit City and Kmart and Target who, who worked with major labels and bands and artists to kind of, um, you know, lost lead their merchandise. And that really affected our ability to do business. And then from that point, you had uh, the advent of, of file sharing and Napster and those sorts of uh, companies and online devices that, again, you know, kind of siphoned some of the business away from the brick and mortar. And I think that all those type of things happening to us over the years has caused record shops to never be stationary and never to be, um, uh, never to, never to be lazy in how you approach things. You had to be constantly be uh, reinventing yourself, figuring out how to do things, what to do, when to do it, uh, championing new artists, new bands, being in the forefront, uh, figuring out ways to be involved with the community locally figuring out ways to uh, reward your customer base, to reward your staff, uh, to work with bands local and nationally, and to try to keep, you know, keep the spirit of uh, what we do alive and, 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 and going, so to speak. So 
I feel like all those things that happened to us in the 90s and in the aughts all prepared us to deal with being shut down completely thanks to COVID. We are already aware of how to pivot and figure out how to do business differently. And uh, COVID just was kind of the final, like, all right, we can do this. We got this. We, we've been through adversity before. We've come through it. We survived. And uh, and in 2022, we're getting ready to have Record Store Day, the 15th anniversary of that tomorrow. And that event was created to help change the discourse and dialogue of what was happening in the aughts with somehow the record store, the independent record shop became somehow the villain in the uh, in what we saw in the consumer's eyes or customer's eyes or fans' eyes. And for the record shops, it felt like that's not who we are. You know, we're, we're, we're not that. We're, we're the complete opposite of that. We're here. We're fans just like you are championing and, and listening and, and recommending uh, artists and bands and records and, and anything else that we might stock, whether it be books or movies or, or et cetera. So, so I think that, that event happening back in 08 and where we are now uh, helped change the discourse and dialogue in the media. And I think it helped discord, change the discourse and dialogue with fans, with bands and with artists and labels. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's always a strange trip, um, and I suspect it'll get stranger uh, as, as time evolves. But for us, you know, we're happy to be here, and, and we're happy to be part of the community, and we, we want to super serve everybody and, and have a good time with doing it. So. And you do amazingly well at it also. I mean, Thanks, Mike. a lot to survive. I mean, pandemic plus just kind of the nature of it changing, how— how much of it has moved to vinyl and um, kind of, you know, how does the C- I hear CDs are making a comeback too, which is fascinating. Yeah. So I think that, you know, the CD has gotten a bad rap for different reasons. I think, you know, the idea, what I'll say of like gatekeepers and figuring out new forms of technology and new ways of listening to music. I think an easy attack was to go on the old, the old school, which was what was, uh, was the CD. That was the kind of the primary function that people figured out how to listen to music. And when file sharing came about in technology and streaming, uh, the CDs became this, I guess, disposable form of, of listening where it almost um, shunned by many fans and sort of thing. And, uh, but in that time as well, vinyl was kind of kept alive, the flame kept alive by different, uh, different vinyl enthusiasts from record stores, collectors, that sort of thing. And, and I think that vinyl itself lends itself to being it's a much larger item, it's more tactile, it's more collectible, and it's it's a little more sexy than, say, a CD might be. And as a result, we've seen that happen where our space in our shop has gone from being, you know, mostly CDs to now being mostly records and vinyl, still having a very substantial section of CDs, both new and used, but also expanding and doing books and tchotchkes and those sort of things. And in the last, I would say... Fortunately, unfortunately, as vinyl has, has, has elevated itself and has become more uh, accepted and found by the populace in more demand, prices have gone up, supplies have gone uh, prices and supplies have gone up. And with the current situation of COVID, supply chain is definitely affected by that. So what we've seen is that just like in the 90s when CDs came about, records were really super cheap. Somebody could walk into a record shop with 20 or 30 bucks in their pocket and walk out with a stock of records. Now, 20, 30 bucks gets you one new record, but you can walk into a record shop and walk out with a stack of UCDs for really cheap. <laughs> and so we're watching kids who are building their collections coming into our UCD bin and figuring out what they want to get and being like, oh, somebody traded the whole Sonic Youth catalog in or oh, they have the whole Beatles catalog here kind of stuff. And all of a sudden it gives these kids a chance to, to pick up CDs 
on the cheap and build their collections. Uh, also, a lot of kids are driving cars, secondhand cars, passed down by parents or picked up in used lots that have CD players in them. So there's a need to have music to play in your vehicle as yeah. you drive around. So we're definitely seeing a pickup in CDs again, which I'm happy with. I'm happy that we can sell any format in the shop, might be on vinyl, on cassette, and on CD uh, to anybody who wants to favor whatever format that they enjoy listening to their music on, so to speak. So yeah, CDs are uh, making a comeback. That's amazing. And cassettes as well, which... Cassettes as well. Yeah, we sold more uh, Walkmans last year than we probably ever have. Wow. Uh, you know, and I think the idea of kids making mixtapes, uh, a real mixtape, uh, as opposed to just a digital mix, is something that they find uh, entertaining and interesting and fun. And uh, as somebody who grew up in that era, I can relate to that completely. Totally. Same. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Wow. It's <laughs> exciting. Uh-huh. So the, the move from... Park Avenue uh, in Winter Park to Audubon Park. How um, how did that come about? Yeah, sure. So we were in Park Avenue for a long time since we started. And uh, with everything going on with the industry, uh, with technology and all the changes happening, we had a small space on Park Avenue. And, and of course, Park Avenue is not cheap by any means. Uh, parking is, is scarce over there as well. And uh, referencing back to my friend Brett, who was getting ready to open Stardust, we had talked and joked about that it'd be great if, if I can move the shop over to this neighborhood and that we think we could really kind of um, in tandem make something happen. And, and we thought this was a great area that was just kind of prime uh, to kind of uh, renew itself, so to speak. So, so when my lease came up and it was in my previous landlord was not being friendly in that negotiation, I decided that one, I was going to look for a new space. And in looking for a new space, I know I needed more, a bigger location to do more of what we wanted to do, which we saw the vinyl trend coming. We saw people being into that. We needed space to do vinyl. We wanted to have space to do proper in-stores and autograph signings and events. And we felt like this neighborhood being surrounded by a fantastic residential area, kind of being really centered to Orlando. And we just felt like it was, uh, it was going to be the place to be. You know, we felt like it was good. The vibe was good. We felt like there weren't many chains around here. There's, you know, literally a 7-Eleven and that's it. Uh, so we felt like if we can get a space there, let's see what happens. And luckily we did. And um, it's, uh, it's been a, a great move for us and it's been a great experience. And uh, we love it. We love being here. Yeah. Well, we love having you here. What uh, you you have had done in stores with concerts, bands, and artists that have come through. What what have been some of your favorites that you've had in in store? So yeah, we, we we'd love to have bands in the shop, whether it be an autograph signing or combine to do a performance. It can be acoustic, it can be electric. We like for bands, artists to do something different. That's not what you're going to see that night at their uh, at their main show. So some of the highlights for me over the years have been. Uh, having Vampire Weekend and their first tour uh, as they were completely blowing up. That was fun. Um, having the National in uh, right before they blew up and uh, those two were fantastic. Having Childish Gambino in uh, where I met him at an industry function and he and I talked afterwards and we just talked about music and about the store and said, we'd love to have you. And then as he started to blow up, when he came through, we extend the invitation and he said yes and he came out and watching the excitement of the kids uh with him and uh how much fun that was to have him there and and doing his doing his uh 
doing his thing for everybody. Uh, Jeff Tweedy from Wilco was another highlight. Jose Gonzalez back in 2008 was, was, he was mighty and fine and with his acoustic guitar and just you hear a pin drop in the store and uh, super proud of that one. Uh, just, we've had a ton of artists over the years and from Wanda Jackson to uh, Charlie Leuven to, uh, to 1975 to the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. It's the list goes on and on. So super proud of all those appearances. Yeah. That's amazing. How many, how many recordings have been done of those performances? So there's been over a hundred recordings done. And officially, I think there's been like eight or nine of them that have been released on CD or on LP or digitally. And in fact, uh, tomorrow on Record Store Day, they're putting a book out for the 15th anniversary of Record Store Day. And on that, it contains an LP of different recordings from different bands over the course of these years that appeared uh, at independent record shops. <laughs> so we were lucky to be asked to include a track from our Jose Gonzalez appearance. So he's on there with uh, Pearl Jam and Billie Eilish and Paul McCartney and Metallica and a bunch of others. So uh, we're super thrilled to have to be part of that collaboration and be included. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. So will you be having more in-store shows with, uh, you know, things kind of calming down with COVID a bit? That's the hope. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're itching to get back to that, you know, to have, whether it be an autograph signing or performance uh, and just to be having that experience. You know, we try to create something different and unique. Uh, we include full sale, comes out and record stuff. We try to use local artists to do their artwork and posters and um, try to create a different fun experience for the fan base and for the artist as well. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about some of the other offerings that you have in your shop. You, you mentioned books and um, collectibles and toys and things like that. Do you, um, do you curate that stuff yourself or do you have somebody in the shop that kind of figures out what to, what to buy, what the kids are into and what's, you know? Yeah. So when we moved over to, to Corinne, we decided we needed, we needed more space. We got more space and we need to figure out what else we can do with that space. So besides records and CDs, we also wanted to have DVDs not just music DVDs, but movies and also books, it, you know, and not just music books. Uh, a buddy of mine used to have a shop. It's like, well, you're recommending like the white album to people and you're recommending maybe a Kubrick film to people. Why wouldn't you recommend like a JD Salinger book to people? And I was like, and a light bulb went off and I was like, yeah, why, why, why couldn't I do that? I can do that. I can bring books in. And uh, so we started bringing books in and, and it's, and somebody who reads and who likes doing that. Uh, it was fun to dive into that world to figure out what, we could curate to appeal to our customer base and to the neighborhood that would make sense. So the space we have dedicated to books is, is smaller than it is for music, but we feel like it's really makes sense for who shops the store. And it's a trial and error, you know, it's, it's finding out what works, what doesn't work, focusing on books that are on Orlando based on Florida based on hiking, on day trips, on, uh, Florida wildlife, Florida, uh, uh, just anything based around Florida, so to speak. And then also fiction, classic fiction, local writers, uh, then pop culture, obviously music. Uh, could be things based around Star Wars or based around, uh, you know, ranking top movies sort of thing. We carry some kids' books we think are kind of fun and eclectic and just kind of figure out some things and kind of switch them up. Might be things on on cookbooks, maybe pertain to more vegan and vegetarian-friendly diets. Uh, could be just pop culture books, just things that look interesting. Uh, right now, I do most of the curation of the buying, but the staff all have the ability to jump in and, and, and be like, we should get this or we should have that. And uh, both with music and with movies and with, with books kind of things. But yeah, so we do that. We carry uh, 
different toys that we think are fun and make sense for our, ourselves as well as for the customers. Uh, we carried Kid Robot for a long time. Uh, we've been on the Funko uh, bandwagon for since the, the beginning, pretty much. And I mean, we find other things that make sense pop culture wise, that be posters or the saint candles or just uh, just different things that kind of pop into our to our vision, and, and we just go and grab them and bring them in. And candies and sodas now. Too. Oh yeah, 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 that too. Yeah. So wild. Yeah, yeah, it's like such so. a cool mix of like things that um, you know people can get excited about that you won't find anywhere else locally. Yeah, like, that's the hope. Definitely. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's incredible. So tell me about your involvement with the neighborhood and um, the Main Street organization. You were a founding member back from 2009, if sure. I'm not mistaken. I think it's, yeah. Um, so how has that kind of uh, fit into um, keeping the business like, you know, as successful as it's been? Um, how has that collaboration been for you? It's been great. You know, I mean, when the initial idea was was thrown out there, I, I, I forget who maybe brought brought the kind of everybody together to talk about it with the city and that this thing was happening. And, and uh, I think it was, I mean, I think Emily was one of the, 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 the folks, she was really spearheading that uh, and uh, pulled me aside and we attended the first meeting just to kind of get together and then talk to the city. And then all of a sudden this, 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 this thing germinated, you know, and, and uh, was, I thought it made sense. I thought it made sense to involve all the partners in the area working together to kind of help, elevate what was already going on you know i mean to have property owners both residential and business to have uh businesses who might be renting involved to have the the city and the government involved as well kind of all the stakeholders that were responsible for this neighborhood being what it is and what it could become and so for me it was like yeah i want to be part of that you know i want to have a voice and have Mm -hmm. a connection to not just my neighbors uh but to the residents that are here but also to the to the city Mm-hmm. And to know that we had communication going on as somebody who had just gone through previously a couple of years ago, dealing with permitting and dealing with build out and all that sort of thing. And having really having no one to help me with that other than myself and the contractor, I thought it'd be great to have those resources there uh, for that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But also just the idea of being able to kind of work together to figure out how do we do events together? How do we communicate? How do we, how do we tackle issues that we might have, the businesses might have, or the residents might have, or that we all might have? And how do we kind of keep pushing ourselves forward and having to have a vision and a goal that allows uh, everybody to kind of see what's coming down the road? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's rare to have that, you know, kind of third party entity that's, you know, it's not exactly city government, but they're connected to the city. I mean, it's like, it's like mafia, but good, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And it's not a chamber of commerce where it's just right. business driven. Yeah. It's not, it's not a, a HOA, which is just resident driven kind of right. stuff. You know, it's like this combination where everybody is kind of mixing and coming and going. And and I think that's, that is what we actually are. You know, I mean, that's yeah. happening every day. People are coming and going and it's all those entities that make this, make this neighborhood what it is. Yeah. And, you know, a theme that kind of comes up in discussions about this district um, is just like the fact that we are like geographically a connector, right? It's like we're sort of the pass through, like people leaving Baldwin Park kind of come through our district, people leaving Winter Park if they're going to Orlando. This is like one route to get there. Um, And also like the people in this neighborhood are connectors as well. It's like, you know, it's, it's all through kind of combined efforts and like sharing resources and sharing information and, just being there for each other um, 
it's it's a rare thing to see i think like you know all of the business owners are you know helping one another like nobody's really in competition nobody's like trying to like you know outdo anybody there's no starbucks moving in to shut down the coffee shops like you yeah. know we're still thriving as an independent business community and it's it's just so rare it's like you know it it, it creates i think it's it defines what I think any city or any town, I think that when you go traveling, you want to see things that define that community for what it is and the unique things, unique, unique flavors and perspectives. And I think Audubon Park uh, is lucky enough to be that for Orlando is, you know, I think that, and granted, we're not a, we're not a big neighborhood, but we're definitely a neighborhood that you come here and, and it's, it's distinctly Orlando. It's distinctly, it's, it's unique to us. And, uh, and again, you know, I moved here in 2005 in the neighborhood and the only chain was, was 7-Eleven and 2022, the really the only chain is 7-Eleven. Yeah. You know, there's a shell franchise, but everything else pretty much is a locally owned business uh, or a Florida owned business, you know? Uh, and that's, that's saying a lot. And it's, 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 and you know, because we're small and funky and unique, mm-hmm. I think it's awkward for those big guys to kind of move into here, you know? Yeah. And that's okay too, that they're not here, you know? Um, right. Because again, we're, we're showing that we can, you know, we don't need those kind of big anchors. We can be, uh, we can be our own thing. And we've had a couple close calls with, I think a Dunkin' Donuts wanted to move in here <laughs> once and that would have changed things. We right? changed things. Definitely. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we're keeping it going and, uh, it's, you know, you're, you're a big part of that. And, uh, thank you for doing that. As you are. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Well, Sandy, I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but is there anything else that you want to talk about or plug or anything? No, thanks. Um, thanks. What, yeah, totally. Uh, what what website do people go to to find you? Yeah, uh, parkadcds.com, P-A-R-K-A-V-E-C-D-S.com. You can find us there. You can find us on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, and probably something else that my staff will yell at me about later. So, <laughs> And your Instagram handle is parkadcds? Yeah, exactly, across the board. See, very easy. Very easy. Well, Sandy, thank you again. Thanks, Mike. All right. All right. Enjoy. Yep. Bye. Hello, APGD, a neighborhood podcast, is brought to you in part by Stardust Video and Coffee, Audubon Park's beloved neighborhood cafe, bakery, bar, and meeting place, located at 1842 East Winter Park Road. We are also sponsored by Red Light Red Light Beer Parlor and Brewery. Founded in 2005, Red Light Red Light is widely known as the source for world-class imports and microbrews, a wide selection of natural wines, plus award-winning beers brewed in-house. A full kitchen is in the works with an amazing menu by chef Jess Tantalo, so stay tuned for that. Located at 2810 Corinne Drive, please check out Red Light Red Light for all things beer and wine, and soon food. Our theme song is by Christopher Pierce, and special thanks goes to Trey Hester for mixing the episode and for all of his help in making this podcast a reality. We do hope you enjoyed this episode. If so, please click subscribe and leave a review if you'd like. We'll see you next time.